Hello. Hi. Welcome to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mary. And I'm Kylie. We are a mother-daughter duo interested in true crime. Some material may be disturbing because we do discuss murder. And adult beverages. We try not to swear, but sometimes bad words do fall out. <laughs> Join in on the conversation. Find us on Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Tweet us at Sipping Snapped. To suggest a story, find us online, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. Or join our Facebook group, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. So, uncork your favorite bottle of wine. Or pour yourself a cocktail and let's talk snapped. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the last week of November. Holy cow. I can't believe it. I love it, but at the same time, it's gone so fast. Yes. Did you blink? Because I blinked. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking at night? What am I swigging? Yeah. I found aristocrat gin. Oh, I love it. It's like, you know, bottom shelf. I instantly think Aristocat, the movie. I can't see the word aristocrat and not think of animated cats. <laughs> well, side note, I started watching some cats uh-huh. and one of them is pure white and her name is Marie. Oh, how could you not? <laughs> I hope that she has a little pink bow and everything. They have a pink bow for her, but she hates it. So they don't put it on her. Oh, I love it. Today, I intended to go to Maryland for our case. Maryland. Yes, Maryland. <laughs> so I found some preparation facts. Uh-huh. But then it turns out that the murder doesn't happen in Maryland. <laughs> but between 1980 and 2019, there were around 24,540 murders in Maryland. Whoa. What is that span? How many years is that? Um... 39. Wow. So 39 years, there were almost 25,000 murders. That are unsolved. And approximately 16,677 of those murders were solved. Oh. So this leaves law enforcement roughly 7,863 murders unsolved in Maryland. Wow. But our podcast covers only solved murders. Yes. I don't know if you guys have caught on, but we like when... (laughs) We like wrapped it up in a nice... Nice little bow. Yes, exactly. Just in time for Christmas. Yep, fear not. We might try and trick you. <laughs> it's, it's always solved. <laughs> we might be like, oh, la, la, maybe he did it. I wonder who. Maybe he got away. Actually. Well, actually, sometimes they do get away. Some of them. But they did get convicted, but then. But then get acquitted. Out. That's actually happened a few times, so. Or they get convicted, but they they only serve like 10 years, and then they're out in five for good behavior. Yes, they get charged on a lot are charged but they're all charged yes all they charged. all go to trial yes so the only tie to maryland is the birthplace of where the victim and the murderers grew up oh <laughs> so they like spent their childhoods there and their formative years and then yes killed in a different state yes well yes. at least so maryland made it and we made it and then we released <laughs> it into the world yes <laughs> yes 
uh, Marilyn was the nest. Yes. And then they were flying away. <laughs> and you've probably heard of this case. Let me know. Okay. Yardley Reynolds Love was born on July 17th, 1987 in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of Yardley? That name sounds so familiar. Such a cool name. Right? First name Yardley. Really, really, really cool. It's one of those ones you never think of, mm -hmm. but you hear it and you're like, that's beautiful. That's a really pretty name. And it matched the beautiful girl. Aww. She was a beautiful bubbly girl with big blue eyes and a huge smile. Aww. When she grew up, she was five foot six and roughly 130 pounds. And she was an outstanding athlete in high school. She played both field hockey and lacrosse. Oh, that kind of makes sense. I feel like a lot of girls that do one do the other. Oh, yes. At least the ones that I... They're very similar. Yeah. Very similar. And different seasons. Yes. She was a four-year varsity player at the all-girl Notre Dame Preparatory School <laughs> in Townsend, Maryland. Nice. In 2006, she was an all-county lacrosse player. So to no one's surprise, she decided to attend the University of Virginia and play lacrosse. Wow. So she graduated high school in 2006 mm -hmm. and then she started her freshman year during her freshman year she met george hoogley 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 it's h-u-g-u-e-l-y and i had to look up the pronunciation and it's hoogley u-g-l-y yes. <laughs> you ain't got no alibi <laughs> actually he is he's very ugly very yeah. ugly. <laughs> we can say this because we know because he's an asshole yeah the two began dating about a year later mm -hmm. so let's talk about george wesley hoogley the fifth Ooh, so he must come from money yes uh, is that a bad assumption to make no as soon as anyone is more than like a third or a, a junior, junior yes then mm -hmm. they they must the fifth he was born september 17th 1987 so he was about four months younger than Yardley. Mm -hmm. And he was born in Washington, D.C. The Hoogley family resided in Chevy Chase, Maryland. No way. Oh. It's not named after the actor. He took that name, right? I believe he took that name. Yes. Yeah, as his stage name. Mm -hmm. I don't know what his real name is. Oh, me either. Oh, That's a good... That would be a fun thing. Yeah, you can look it up as, I'm, as I read. Yeah. And Chevy Chase, Maryland straddles the northwest border of D.C. and Maryland. Mm -hmm. So it's like Chevy Chase encompasses Maryland and Virginia. Oh. Chevy Chase's real name is Cornelius Crane Chase. <gasps> oh, that's funny. So he went, <laughs> went Chevy Chase. Cornelius? Cornelius Crane. So I can see why he didn't go with either his first nor his middle. Is he the fifth? <laughs> <laughs> Chevy Chase, Maryland is noted as the most educated town in America. Fun fact. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Do, I wonder if they rank that on um, the level of education of everyone. Yes. You know. Of how many people finished four-year degrees or beyond. Yes. Yes. It's very, is it affluential? Yes. Affluent. Affluent. Mm-hmm. Affluent. Affluent? Affluent. Affluential. His parents, George the Fourth and Marta Murphy, 
divorced when the fifth was a child. Marta. 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 Mm -hmm. So George the fifth attended an all boys school where he was quarterback for the school's football team. Mm -hmm. And he was an all American lacrosse player Mm -hmm. where he was a midfielder. So pretty much they were kind of the same in high school, it seems. Yes. On an exterior level, went to same sex high schools. All boys, all girls. Did wait in their sports. Mm-hmm. And very, very... Well-liked. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. After graduation, the six-foot-two, little over 200-pound man decided to play lacrosse for... Virginia! The University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yes. George V was a bit of a troublemaker. In 2007, while his family was away at their vacation home in Palm Beach, Florida, mm-hmm. George V was charged with underage possession of alcohol. Ah, that's no surprise. <laughs> in 2008, he was arrested for public drunkenness, mm. dr- drunken, drunkenness <laughs> and he resisted arrest while he was visiting uh, Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia. Uh-huh. He was so disorderly that police had to tase him in order to subdue him. What? Yes. He received a suspended sentence of 60 days and six-month probation. Uh He was fined $100. He was ordered to do 15 hours of community service, which is a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And he was ordered to participate in a drug treatment program. I mean, I agree with that, but like, he was so messed up that he had to be tased to be put tased yeah so at this time he was around a sophomore in college Mm -hmm. he did not disclose to uva that he was arrested oh probably because they would have kicked him off the team oh and or possibly even college itself right and any i don't know if he was getting any scholarship or aid of any kind but that would go out of the window yes at a minimum well i don't think his family needed oh yeah (laughs) financial <laughs> Wait, yeah, cut that out. The, the fifth. fifth. What am I saying? Thinking of him as a normal, privileged person. <laughs> yes. They, hopefully they gave it to someone in need. Yeah. Yardley and George had a, a hot and cold relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was George's alcohol usage that triggered an abusive behavior. I believe it. In 2009, he attacked a fellow teammate while the teammate was asleep because he heard a rumor that he kissed Yardley. What? Yes. So, wait, so like bro on bro, but the guy's asleep, so he's... Yeah, sleeping. That's not even... I I feel like the normal to do is out at a party or out or whatever. You're like, hey, I heard this, and maybe like a shove or like angry words, but to like Like, not even sucker punch, like mm -hmm. asleep. Asleep. That's messed up. He would continuously send threatening texts and emails to Yardley. On April 9th, 2010, the couple was having an argument and George was intoxicated Mm -hmm. and then he became violent and the encounter between the two was broken up by several visiting University of North Carolina lacrosse players. (gasps) What? One of them stated that George attacked Yardley and was hitting her. Uh Uh-huh. So after two and a half years, she had enough and she called it quits. Yeah. She's like, that's it. I'm done. That's crazy. I can't imagine the visiting team seeing... Stepping in. Thank goodness for them, huh? Yes. 
I mean, it's hard to stand up to someone you know, right? but to stand up for someone that you didn't know, kudos. Thank God that it was like a bunch of them too, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole team, like, hey. Like, knock it off, bro. And they were probably there because they just played her on the field, you know? It's a boys, it was a boys team. Oh. So just played him on the, yeah. on the field and they just lost. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. I don't know why I assumed it was a girls team. I guess because it could be either one. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, both UVA men's and women's teams were very close yeah i feel like that happened. yeah on may i feel like a lot of times boys teams and girls teams are really close to each other mm-hmm. for like most sports yeah just aside. on may 3rd 2010 around 2 15 a.m yardley's roommate came home from a night out mm-hmm. she noticed a three inch hole in the wall by yardley's doorknob uh-huh concerned she entered the room and she found yardley lying on her bed <gasps> when she couldn't arouse yardley she called nine one because she thought that it was possibly an alcohol overdose. Uh huh. Charlottesville police responded and they found Yardley unresponsive. Mm-hmm. They noticed obvious physical injuries to Yardley, including a large pool of blood under her head. Uh-huh. Cuts on her face and her right eye was swollen shut. Oh my God. They checked her vitals, started CPR, gave medication to restart her heart. All their efforts failed and she was pronounced dead at the scene. Yeah. I'm so glad that the friend went in as soon as she saw the thing outside of the room. Something alarming? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, a little hole, you could just be like, God, mm-hmm. not my thing. I just came home from a night out. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. Like, what's that? Police called backup and then they treated the room as a crime scene. Yeah. Investigators arrive and collected evidence, which included all of the bloodstained bedding, mm-hmm. hairs that were stuck in that three inch hole. Oh. <gasps> An empty beer can in the trash can. Mm-hmm. And all of that was collected and sent off to a lab. Mm-hmm. Yardley was two weeks away from graduating. <gasps> oh my God. Two weeks. And she would have been out of there. Yeah. You know. She would have been starting her life. Mm-hmm. Police brought the roommate in for questioning, and there is where they learned about George. Yeah. They also learned about the emails and texts that were sent. Mm -hmm. The crime scene texts could not find Yardley's laptop. Oh, how convenient. So guess who lived right next door in the same apartment building? Was it George? George. No. Yes. (gasps) Right next door. Oh, that's terrible. How can you escape any sort of abusive relationship if they live literally next door? Right on your shoulder. Yeah. Investigators brought him in for questioning and they also detained him. Mm -hmm. So basically, we're here asking you questions. You can't leave. They noticed bruised knuckles and a fresh wound on his arm, Mm -hmm. but they knew he was also a lacrosse player. Uh. So they didn't want to jump to any conclusions. George then waived his Miranda rights. Really? He narrated in graphic detail his assault on Yardley. (gasps) He said that he kicked open her bedroom door, shook her repeatedly, and then hit her head repeatedly into the wall. And then he took her computer and left the apartment. What? Yes. And then that was when they said, you're not only here for assault, you're you're in here because Yardley passed away. Oh, so he admitted that he hit her, but he didn't admit to the extent because you said that her eye was swollen shut. Yes. And it was much more than just being shaken around and having your head hit maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was much more. On May 4th, 
2010, George was charged with Yardley's murder. Good. At the May 6th court appearance, George's attorney stated, quote, Miss Love's death was not intended, but an accident with a tragic outcome, unquote. How can you treat anyone with physical harm without intent to like, he was trying to kill her? Especially the size difference. Look at that size difference. Right? She's 5'6", 130. And he's 6'2". Yeah. Like twice her weight. Yes. So size plus so many other things. I mean, his other attack was on somebody while they were sleeping. So he obviously has no yes concern about right or wrong or morality in a fight. And add the alcohol. Yes. Yeah. On April 11th, 2011, mm-hmm. almost a year after the murder, the prim... A preliminary... Preliminary. Preliminary hearing. You got it. On first degree charge was held. Okay. (laughs) So they were trying to see if they could get him on first degree murder. Yes. And if not, then they would probably go for what? Second degree or manslaughter or whatever they can get. Mm -hmm. Whatever they can get. On April 18th, a grand jury... Oh, this is that word again. Indicted. Indicted George on first degree murder and felony murder charges. Nice. And the trial, they set a trial date for February 6, 2012. Okay. Yeah. How far into the future is that? So this was April. That was February. Okay. Just before the trial, on January 7, 2012, mm-hmm. prosecutors added five additional charges. Wow. And these charges were felony murder, mm-hmm. robbery of a residence, uh-huh. burglary, entering a house with the intent to commit a felony, yeah. and grand larceny and since he stole that laptop. Wow. That's awesome. I love when they get them for everything. Thing. Oh, they were throwing the book at this jerk. You've got to. Yeah. Ugh, it's just, it makes you sick. It was not fair. Yeah. And so during the trial, the autopsy person uh-huh. concluded that Yardley died from blunt force trauma to the head. <sighs> And DNA proved that George was in the room that night. Mm -hmm. So closing arguments were made on February 18th, and the jury deliberations began on Tuesday, February 22nd. Mm -hmm. And it was on Tuesday because that Monday was President's Day. (laughs) And it was a holiday, so no mail. (laughs) Yes. Must not charge anyone today. Mm -hmm. So it's like trial ended on Friday. They have to wait till Tuesday. Those poor parents. I know. A three-day weekend. Mm -hmm. How could you even enjoy it? You're just like... You can't. (sighs) You absolutely can't. After nine hours, the jury delivered a guilty verdict, Mm -hmm. but on second degree murder and grand larceny. Oh... After two hours of deliberation, the jury recommended a 26-year sentence. What? So 25 years for the second-degree murder and another year for the grand larceny. Mm-hmm. On May 8th, 2012, non-jurors for the first time were able to see Hoogley's 64-minute video of where he told about Yardley's assault. Uh-huh. As he was interrogated by police. Mm-hmm. George admitted, quote, I may have grabbed her neck and maybe I shook her a bit. And then he told about the argument that happened mm-hmm. and the fight. All that happened in Yardley's bedroom. Uh-huh. He demonstrated how shook he was. Um, and then he kicked down the door. And then eventually detectives informed George that Yardley had passed away. Uh-huh. And he reacted in disbelief. And he said, quote, kill me. Oh. So because of that raw emotion seen on the tape, the jury was convinced that Yardley's murder was not premeditated and that's why they said second degree murder. I guess I get it but I mean he wanted to do all that he could to hurt her. Oh yes. In the moment. He physically and mentally abused this poor girl. Yes. 
So, I mean, yeah, he might not have wanted to kill her, but he did. So... Yes, he did. Exactly, he did. I mean, I guess he still got it, but like... I didn't mean to. I'm just a huge burly man who pounded this girl. How did I know that she was going to die? Like, what? This poor little girl. Like, you asshole. On August 30th, 2012, George... Hoogley was formally sentenced to 23 years in prison. Oh my god. And one year for the grand larceny conviction to be run concurrently with no possibility of parole. So he's going to get out in his 40s. Correct. He appealed the conviction multiple times, but it was upheld every time. Then well, thank God for that. Yes. And I mean, I'm glad that there isn't anything, any ability for parole. Yes. But. <sighs> and that way the parents don't have to go through all that again. Mm-hmm. The Love family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against George Hoogley mm-hmm. the fifth <laughs> and they were awarded 15 million dollars in damages good but that money as we know could not bring their daughter back no more than four years after George was sent to prison his good old mother Marta Murth- Murphy spoke out oh. Marta said that her son should have been convicted of a lesser charge and faced less prison in time as the murder was a quote drunken accident oh. maybe I should read that all over again yeah but it's hard to do and not be like trip over yourself because it sucks (laughs) yes more than four years after george was sent to prison his mother marta murphy spoke out she's a peach oh not a good one no (laughs) the sarcastic kind yes marta said that her son should have been convicted of a lesser charge and face less time in prison for the murder because it was a quote drunken accident oh Marta concluded that George had no intent to murder Yardley and that her death was caused by injuries sustained from falling off the bed. What? Okay. Marta said that she waited until after the trial to speak out out of respect for Yardley's family. Respect would be not saying anything. Marta believes that the criminal justice system has proven to be wrong and did not come to the correct verdict concerning her son. Which, as a mom, I understand a mother standing by her child Mm -hmm. but also as a mom your child murdered a poor defenseless woman yep half his size yeah so i can put that clip into our show notes because i found it on youtube (laughs) (laughs) i like it also the claim at the end of her falling off the bed is just kind of like a kick while you're down like not only should my son have been convicted of something lesser because he was drunk and he didn't mean it but actually that's not even why she died she probably that isn't even what happened she fell off the bed yeah like seriously it's like who are you oh no comment his release date is may 30th 2030 oh that's so soon and at the time he will be 42 years young oh i hate that he can still have a life and yardley cannot yeah exactly people are starting families so much older that it's like he didn't uh, all that I can hope is that when he gets out everyone's like oh I know who you are like I do not yes. feel safe around no you couldn't so members of both the women's and men's lacrosse teams mm-hmm. uh, saw the relationship between George and Yardley and they witnessed this toxic relationship mm-hmm. but none of them said anything oh. which is really sad they said to her like hey maybe you should get out of this but they did not go to anyone of authority. They didn't go to any coaches, professors, or police to report anything. Yeah. 
And did anything get reported of when he attacked his teammate either? I, d I don't know. I don't know. You know? Mm-hmm. I, 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 these are the things where after something happens, everybody comes out and is like, oh, well, one time. Yes. I yeah. saw this thing. And yes. one time I saw that thing. And it's like, if hey, you guys just. Maybe that was concerning and we should have said something. Yes. Like, as you put it together, you're like, shoot, this was a really big red flag. Not just like a one yes. off. Yes. And that's that's what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Some people encouraged her to obtain restraining orders. Uh-huh. But she did not get one. Yeah. So. So I just wanted to pause and say that anyone listening, if anyone sees any of their friends in a relationship that's concerning, please say something. Yes. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You could be in high school. You could be in college. Just don't brush it off. Talk to your friend. And if you feel that your friend needs help, you know, go to somebody. Go to a teacher, a coach, a parent, police. Do something so it doesn't turn tragic like, like Yardley's. Right. And even like just compare notes. Well, I don't know if this is right. But I would just compare notes with friends too. Like before going above like like hey like am i am i being overly concerned or do you see this too yes exactly yeah. like hey i've noticed uh, him acting like this have you seen that yes type thing so to people listening are you in a relationship like this yeah yardley's jersey was retired at uva <gasps> she wore the number one oh. within months of her passing mm -hmm. the family established the one love foundation oh and this foundation raises awareness about domestic violence. Mm -hmm. They educate young people about unhealthy versus healthy relationships and knowing some warning signs. Mm -hmm. Since 2016, the One Love Foundation has partnered with the NFL. That's amazing. Isn't it? That I was, wow. That's actually kind of a good on the NFL. I will also post the link to that foundation in our show notes at the bottom yeah. if you don't know where to look. Oh, well, that was that was really good. I mean, it's so sad. It's really sad. And especially within a tight-knit community like that, mm -hmm. it's not just like Virginia sports. It's a subset yes. of crime on crime within the, the lacrosse community. community. That's crazy. Really sad. It's such a sad, sad case, but one that needs to be told. It does. I mean, domestic violence is one of those scary topics because it's so mm -hmm. rampant. It's feels like <laughs> we cover i feel a lot of domestic violence cases because the person just snaps one day and murders their one they're supposed to love yeah you know right it's true so. it goes both ways on our <laughs> on our podcast either the victim snaps and gets the abuser or the abuser takes it too far yes thank you and uh make sure you listen to your mothers and find help if you need it yes and make good choices cheers, cheers. Thank you for listening. Sipping with Snapped is an independent podcast. So the best way you can support us is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. This podcast is researched, written, and edited by us. I'm Mary the mom. I'm Kylie the daughter. Thank you to Caleb Cook for lending his musical talents for our theme music. And tune in next Wednesday for another Sipping with Snapped episode. Cheers! Cheers. Hey, Logan, say I love you. <laughs> <laughs>